Hello and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. I'm so thrilled to share a new mini-series here on the podcast called Spill the Tea. Join Molly McKinley and me for conversations about being intentional and confident in uncertain times and beyond. Molly is the CEO of Intentionalities and host of the Afternoon Tea Podcast. So in honor of our shared love of tea, pull out your sassiest teacup, brew your favorite tea blend, snuggle into your coziest spot, and listen in on this hour of togetherness. Get ready to hear us sharing ideas too, best practices around, and of course, highlighting our favorite people, brands, and initiatives, positively serving humanity, and sprinkling joy over their slice of the galaxy. Without further ado, let's spill the tea. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, we're live. <laughs> and there we go. Hello, world. Here ah, it's Tuesday. Uh, at the time of this live recording, it's July 6th, so we just had a long weekend. I am coming to you from Seattle, and Molly, where in the world are you? I am at um, the amazing Paradise Island, Atlantis, in Bahamas. So, I actually vacation. just saw that I have two friends there. Really? Two friends from high school. Yeah, they were just checking out today, and I was like, what? They've been there the, the, this whole time you were there. They have been there. Oh, like, wow. how random is that? Place. Same place. Yeah, yeah. At Sing at the Atlantis? Yes. Well, Paradise yeah. Island or something like that, right? Yeah, That's where you are, right? Place. I know. Yes, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, I, I love it here. I mean, the water is so clear. It's my happy place. Mm, I love that. I, I love that photos of you with... Uh, it seems strange to say kiddos because they, they're like adult looking, grown. Well, and the drinking age is 18 here, which means that I ah, got to have Which beer. means Kana's having some fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah, there's a couple awesome. of nightclubs here and they're uh, going for it. So Good. Hey, you know what? You only live once. They're not driving anywhere. Yeah, they're teenagers. I mean, that's, that's teenager stuff, you know. I love it. Yeah. Yes. We all, the difference is there, you are there with them where we pretty much hid that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like that's progress right there. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. So for, thank you for it's everyone who's great. joining us today live, who's watching the replay, who's listening on the podcast. As you all know, we are in the middle of our summer book club and normally Molly and I just like devour books and talk about them and piecemeal at, we decided for summer we would slow down and do one chapter a week. And this week is actually officially chapter one on the Temple of Kali. And Molly Molly and Kali, I'm a poet, <laughs> didn't know it. Uh, so as we shared last week, Molly has done a lot of uh, like learning and working with Kali. So she's gonna really lead us in our discussion tonight, share with us like her experience and all of the things that she knows. I'll share a couple of the things that I really loved about the the story of Kali. Um, but before we do that, Ms. Molly, I know you have a um, some breath work for us. I That's do, but I also want to make sure that I acknowledge that I have like teenagers in the room with me right now. So if there is, a, you know, this is what you do on vacation, right? Um, 
So there are there. You wear trucker hats and and <laughs> do the show yeah, with teenagers in the back. With, <laughs> with the, the teens. Um, hashtag best mom ever. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. Um, the mudra is that we're going to be. Um, Kali has her own mudra and her own breath. Um, so. If you take your hands, you put your index fingers, pressing them together and cross crisscross the, th the thumbs. Um, so, you know, you kind of have this little. You know, you yeah. want to say it. I know, it's Charlie, it. Angels. it's Charlie's <laughs> Angels gun. Totally. Which is very appropriate because Charlie's Angels are badass and they are, um, they're fighters, right? And Kali, yes. what we're doing is we're channeling our our inner warrior with Kali, um, if you will, because she is sort of the goddess of destruction, um, but that's really misunderstood and a lot of people fear her for that reason. But um, but that's, I think that it's time to sort of reclaim um, a different aspect of what that means. Great. So we're going to take our Kali Mudra. So her own breath, just if you want to practice at your, at your own um, place, but tonight we're just going to do um, a more simple breath, but you can stand in the God stance, which is where your, your legs are wide and you're sort of crouching down. Um, and then you take your, and you're basically cutting with breath, but we're not, we're not doing that today. Cause it's a little weird. Um, outside of it, on, on a zoom, right. You can't really do it. You got to really get yeah. into it, get into your body and your bones. We can do it at the retreat. How's that? That's it. We'll do it in the troop. So okay. tonight we're just going to take our Kali mudra. And we're going to take, um, you know, press the hearts into the, excuse me, the thumbs into our heart center. Grounding and planting those feet. If you're standing, feeling the, the feet growing roots. If you're sitting, connecting the sitting bones. Pulling that belly in and up. Finding that extra inch, pulling the breath from the base of the spine to the crown. And then exhale from the crown all the way to the base of the spine. And tonight's breath is really just a deep body breath. We're just going to continue to pull that breath from the root chakra all the way up the spinal cord to the crown. And exhale with intent from the crown all the way to the root, just following this beautiful spinal cord or chakra system. Inhale from the root all the way up to the crown. Exhale from the crown all the way to the root. And then flutter eyes. Whew. I was imagining, sometimes I, sometimes I think, should I say that out loud? But I saw. <laughs> yes, you should always. Because <laughs> I always have these different images when you're telling, but for some reason, what came to mind is, you know, those, those when you uh, like have heart surgery or, or something with your lungs and they make you blow in those machines that have the balls that go up. Yes. Kind of float uh, yeah, up my and dad down. was in an accident and he had one of those when I was a little girl. Yeah. Yeah. Same for me. Like my, I was in my early twenties, I think when my dad had heart surgery and, and, and I remember him blowing, like watching the little thing go up. And so I was imagining this little golden ball floating up to the top and coming back down, <laughs> flying to the top. Well, like, you know, the visualization is so good. 
Yeah, well, it's good to pay attention to that because it's sometimes when you start to really dial in and tune into your body intelligence, like when you're breathing up your, your chakra system, you may notice that you get stuck in a certain place, um, mm. whether your breath can't get past your throat into your Ajna chakra or your crown chakra, or, you know, you start to dial into the sort of the subtleties of the, the breath. And that can, each of the chakras has the corresponding um, system of health and, um, you know, just attachments to that. And so it gives you sort of another layer of insight of, oh, okay, I was really feeling some stickiness in my heart. You know, the heart chakra then is compassion and empathy and unconditional love. Is that an area that you can, you know, focus on or breathe life, breathe life into, right? Yes. Um, but it's just about bringing that extra layer of intention. But sometimes even just sort of dialing into the ease of breath um, can mm. give us some insight into um, yeah. work that needs to be um, focused on. I love that. On. I'll have to send you the link to this uh, YouTube video that I found. It's I think I was telling you a few months ago that I've really been using the binaural bi um, tones yes. when I sleep. Uh -huh. And I found this one that I love. And it's, it, it is a... Uh, chakra clearing for all seven oh. chakra okay. and and so for the first time i can say because i've we've done this not this exact breath but when we've done uh even the you know just walking through the chakra when we're breathing the i ams uh mm -hmm. i sometimes i can't see i think uh first time was i couldn't see orange i was like why can't i see orange mm -hmm. uh and you know i went out and got the tea and was reading all about it and doing everything that i could to clear it and and honestly since i've been listening to this it's like nine hours so i it clearly it doesn't like it i don't know to do anything else but play that because i'm not getting more than nine hours of sleep and i feel such a difference and today it was like, it was just floating gold, little gold ball was floating up and floating down and floating up and floating down. Oh, I'm like, wow, hmm, maybe that it. has to do yeah. something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, well, can you see the orange now? I can see all the colors. Oh yeah. So that's awesome. That orange is your sacral chakra. That's your sensuality, your creativity, your sexuality. Yeah. Well, in the creativity, I remember you telling me that and, and I was, I was having blocks. Oh, good. right. Even yeah. writing is doing emails like I and and I wasn't wanting to write mm -hmm. and I've never not wanted to write. Mm -hmm. And so when well. you said that, I was like, oh, that totally makes sense. You know, that something oh, yeah. is blocked. And and, you know, I, I think that it's a this is a really great time to have this conversation because I've been I, I saw a post, a couple of posts recently that were kind of, I don't know, a little judgy, a little shamey about other people's religions and you know things like the you know the universe or or um, the elements or the moon or whatever um, and it reminded me of uh, this ability to allow others to be in the place where they are mm -hmm. without judgment right that the the kenotic path that that way that jesus taught the way that he walked the way that he truly deeply um, wanted us to understand and that I believe was very much hidden in the books that were chosen and very much revealed in the books that weren't and it that really has lit a fire under me you know back I remember being 16 
16, seven, yeah, it, was, it would have been 16, when mm -hmm. my AP English teacher, who was a hoot, uh, had us read Religions of Men. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that with such curiosity, but also mm -hmm. with a little like, this feels dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was raised in the Lutheran church and it was like, am I being naughty? Am I being a bad girl? Because I'm, I'm really like, like titillated, right? By learning about what these other religions believe. Because sometimes it was a little like outrageous to me. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it was, it, things made more sense. To me than even mm -hmm. even the religion that I grew up in and so um, I think it's important for us to you know especially as we get older to be open to be open to learning mm, mm. I agree I had a super profound experience when I was a freshman in high school that put me on a path that was um, that made me very religious um, and you know, and ended high school um, was, you know, super traditionally, you know, Christian religion. And then um, as I went to college, I started to study pretty much every religion I read about. Um, and instead of seeing all the differences, I just saw all the similarities and yeah. just realized how often we are limited just by language, not by essence or intent. Mm. Um, and so... Yeah, it was, right? And so, um, you know, I sort of settled, you know, sort of, you know, practiced sort of Buddhism, I guess, when I was in college. I never really considered myself a Buddhist, but I loved the the Buddhist ideologies, the middle way. Mm -hmm. And, um, but came back full circle for after my yogic practices. There was a book called um, The Christ Consciousness or... Um, mm. Christ Consciousness. It's a huge book by Yogananda. I believe it's Yogananda. Like thick two series volumes. And it's really an integration of yoga ideology within every world religion. And the author has pulled out pieces of every single part of religion as it and layers it on top of each other as it relates to the yoga sutras. And Ooh. yeah, is this Norman Paulson? Does that sound right? No, no, no. It's a okay. like Yogananda. Um, it's a yogi. Okay. I okay. Hold on. Wait for I was just going to see say. if I could find it. Um, well, uh, you know, Christ. I think that is that is actually quite interesting because one of the things that I think we're, it will be very clear and and openly revealed as we walk through each one of the chapters of these goddess archetypes is that. Uh, you know, to, obviously today we're talking about Kali, uh, but next week we're going to be talking about Mother Mary. And then we'll, you know, mm -hmm. a, a few chapters later, we talk about Mary Magdalene and we talk about um, Af Aphrodite, right? Or Athena, mm -hmm. um, Aphrodite, mm -hmm. uh, Aphrodite uh, Hecate. Yeah. yeah. And so mm -hmm. there, there is a lot of similarity in these uh, feminine, these divine feminine archetypes that do sit in the religions. However, mm -hmm. um, most of, I think inside the, the, the Christian religion in particular, the church decided way back when that it really wanted to um, downplay the divine feminine. It really mm -hmm. didn't want the word goddess in, its, in the language, in, in the vernacular of their religion because it was everywhere else and they wanted to be able to rule with that kind of like the war god feeling. 
Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so, so I find that we start with Kali very interesting because she's like, <laughs> she's yeah. a, she's a badass and she yes. is depicted. Um, let's see, where's my, my Kali card. Uh, for those of you who don't know Kali, um, this is a depiction. This is actually from Megan Watterson, the woman who wrote Mary Magdalene Revealed. She um, she did a, a whole collection of these cards to help people get to know them. And Molly, are you holding up your... your... I am. I'm holding up my... my um, so I'm going to get close so you can see. Smallest. Yeah. So she's known for having these really just incredible skulls hanging around. I mean, I'm imagining she's like, uh, you know, giant. And so these are like actual skulls. Yes. With her red <laughs> glaring eyes. Right? Yes. Scares the shit and her sword and she's holding, you know, the head and standing over the body. And, and so I, there's a lot of um, misnomers about her and yes. that, you know, that she and is the body um, of the demon or sometimes standing on the body of Shiva, who is the revered male god of Shiva and Shakti, the feminine essence of the Hindu um, god, like pantheon. Yeah, so and isn't it in the book where they say that Shiva is like her? What do they say? The cohort. Um, yeah. Like this, like I'm not, I'm not 100 with the language, so feel free to you know correct me. Um, but I remember having to look up, up Shiva. Oh goodness, um, I see Amita's here. Uh, Oh, thank you for joining us, Amita. Um, you know, one of the things that I was sharing with you earlier, Molly, is that how fun it has been to learn about Kali because, you know, I live in Microsoft land and we have a lot mm-hmm. of Eastern Indians here. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot. They they, mm-hmm. they have taught us so much here in our little town of Redmond about the festival of lights and mm-hmm. the, the, oh, what's the one with the color that they throw in the air? Denali? Turn- Wait, is Denali? it? What is- Diwali, Diwali, Diwali with a W. Yeah, like all of Diwali. these different Diwali, traditions. Yes. yes, Diwali that they have in their in their um, in their religion and in their beliefs. And I had I had seen Kali in the local restaurants and the stores and and other places. I didn't know who it was, hmm. you know. And I think that that is what is so beautiful. Um, oh, Amita saying, oh, it's called Holy, Holy or Holy, H O L I. Oh, is that the colors? Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. One of these years, Andrew and I are going to get there. I'm usually traveling. And of course, last year when I was home, <laughs> they didn't have well, it. Amita promised to take us under her wing too and show us the um, actual like legitimate, like we want all the deets. As well, yeah, she practiced Jainism. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. so we, that's not even inside this book. Um, but what I think is so fascinating about the her being the first one in Sophie's book, Kali being yeah. the first one, is that she is the fiercest. She's the most masculine looking, mm-hmm. right? Um, with with the fierceness and the skulls and the sword and the uh, like she she um, commands a lot of like traditional masculinity. Yes. However, like everything that you read about her is so divinely feminine. Um, I would love to know like what, what has been, cause you've been studying her and working with this archetype for years. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, well, I'm a dirty <laughs> I love you, Amita, you're funny. Um, the, um, 
You know, so for me, the essence of Kali is destruction, right? But not destruction, destroying things of your highest and best. It's destroying the things that actually limit you from your highest and best, right? Yeah. So she takes, she is relentless about your pursuit of um, faith, right? So for me, she's the, the goddess that looks you in the eyes and grabs you by the chin and tells you, that you're, you know, that you're on the wrong path. You know, she's the, the goddess that, you know, you know, basically, you know, she's all like, you know, I have an image actually of uh, Durga, the uh, female warrior on a tiger, you know, slaying a, a demon and, you know, Kali sucking up the blood, you know, what is blood life force. Right. And right. even as women, you know, as, as, you know, bleeding women, right. Like, having this life force, this energy of creation as part of our um, cycles, right? And she's just sucking it all up. You yes. know, it's it's a really interesting image um, that most people kind of like, oh, you know, like, oh, I'm squirmy and squirmy about that. But like, really, it's like, that's it, ladies. Like, that's the power. It's our life force. Well, it's and, our essence. And it's it talks about like her, her, origin or her birth story is that she does come from the brow of her right so yeah so this this image of um the power of not only the the life force and the blood but from this sacred like third eye space so she comes with all of this wisdom and all of this yes. life force and and really i love what you're saying because when one of the uh, one of the mantras, one of the intentions that I read everywhere when it was related to Kali was, I release all that doesn't serve me. Like over and over again, you see some version of that, right? And yeah. and we've we've used mantras like that before. I mean, I've used that in some of my moxie affirmations, right? Mm -hmm. The releasing of what no longer serves me or, or no longer serves me or my highest purpose, mm -hmm. right? This idea of... Um, it's time to allow the, the light in to shine on the truth of who I am, mm. not who the, who the world tells me I should be. That's it. Oh, it's so and good. And that's painful, right? If you are stuck in the, the mirror of the ego, right? That work of, of Kali is not pleasant. You know, that's why I think she's so fierce. And I think that's why um, Sophie starts with her is because she confronts the ego, oh. you know, like red eyes looking you in the face and say enough is enough. Your time is well served. Thank you for getting us to this place. Now get to the side and let's <laughs> cut away all that doesn't serve your highest and best. Right. So, so. oh my gosh, so true. Well, and again, um, for those of you who are reading the book along with us on page 62, Sophie goes through some of the archetypal themes that are associated with Kali being death and rebirth, which of course we've discussed already. Yeah, um, that's trans a Scorpio in me, right? So. Yes, yes. The transformation, yeah. um, deep clearing, like these are things that we've talked about. Chaos, destruction, and loss. And I'll tell you, Molly, what really the word there that was my favorite connected to her mm. was chaos. Mm. It was, you know, every every one of the bullet points was like, oh yeah, that's so good. Oh, that's. But there was something about chaos, and what I loved when she said, um, I've even put like a little highlighted heart 
Because underneath that section, because of course she breaks down each one, she says chaos represents the phase of the Kali roar, the volcanic disruption and upheaval at the heart of evolutionary change. When chaos is present, it means that the logical mind cannot make sense of things and cannot see how things are going to turn out. Chaos is a feminine state because mm -hmm. it is the way in which primal birth and creative process happens. Out of chaos, new life is born. Out of chaos, a refined, enlightened order comes. And all, I, I, this is like, it's like there's a symphony playing in my mind as she's saying this because I love the word chaos. Um, I, I even did a whole, I did this three hour uh, consulting package called, called Clarity and Chaos. Mm -hmm. And I loved when people would come and they would just be like, I can't focus. I can't. I'm like, this is such a great place to be. And they'd be like, what do you mean? Like, again, I'm not doing anything. I'm like, oh, but you are. Mm. You are. Like the chaos is where all of the, the chaos you feel is because something is birthing. And you have to mm. shed all of the other crazy, the, the other, the, the luggage the years of repression or obsession or what, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be, addiction. Yeah, that, mm -hmm. that has buried the idea and that's why chaos rises. And I was so excited at the very beginning of the book when she said chaos was feminine, but even more so when it was related to this, like just beast of a woman who, <laughs> <laughs> who just like, stirs us up and it's like this i love the the volcanic disruption i mean i was oh, like yeah. oh come on no i recently felt that too and like that energy is actually it feels like tornado like i'm like i am actually my energy is spinning i'm actually physically spinning inside my energy i could just feel it right and, you know, like for me, like those moments of absolute chaos are also those moments where you have to lean into faith mm. because you don't have a clear path, right? It's not everything's nice and tidy, you know, I know exactly where I'm going. It's just spin. And sometimes it's like, it's just so much, you know, mm. to handle. And again, Everything is being stripped. The husks are being stripped so you can get into that corn, right? And the kernel. Is that your trigger when you're saying that? So like, for those of you who can't see it, she's literally like holding the top of the corn, like where the hairs, the corn hairs are kind of usually like popping out and just like ripping, ripping, off. ripping off the husks. Like, when did you or how do you recognize oh i need to sit in this energy like this is it's time for me to go sit and hang out with Kali for a bit like yeah well the if for me it was the opposite like i had a meditation recently where i was with i'm like just just share me share me raw you know like i don't want any more bullshit. I don't want any more mm. veils and masks and all of the stuff that keeps us being the purpose we, you know, the person we were born to be. Right. And so I kind of asked for it. And, <laughs> um, yeah. So, and you, so you're basically saying like, um, I am a, an open vessel 
and I'm, I'm ready for I the chaos. I want to be a clear channel. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's where her, the deep cleaning, the uh, clearing comes in. Right. Yeah. And so, so I, I love that reminder that it isn't always if you're, that you're sitting in chaos, it might be simply that you're ready for yeah. the clearing out of, like you're saying, of the bullshit, of the, um, you know, this, the stress, the, that low level stress that we sit in that is so unnecessary. That's it, right? The, the minds, that's, the, ugh, That's ugh. disease, dis-ease. Yes, oh, I love it is. when you say that. Right? Oh, I mean, like, so that's good. what that is, right? But yeah, yeah. I mean... So, I mean, I kind of invited her into that, right? And like, show me what I need to see. And, um, you know, and when you can face and look at your ugly, I mean, because that's really what Kali invites us to do is she's fierce looking, right? She's got blood and, you know, the tongue yeah. and, you know, the eyes. And, oh, yeah. Like, ah, like yeah, tongue totally. is coming out. Totally. Oh, it's so good. To be able to face that without running away takes a whole lot of balls, you know? So like there's something mm. really powerful. It takes a whole lot of ovaries. <laughs> ovaries, yes. I like the word ball. As I say that with my teenage voice sitting over there. I like I'm going to I'm gonna get kicked out of there. It's because you're wearing the trucker hat. I know. I have to say it. I know. I'm going to get the boot. My children are like, who is my mother? Anyways. Um, She's no, a magnificent but... goddess. That is who she is. <laughs> but but to be able to stand there and face that and not run from it, right? Because Ugh. most of the time we run from the things that are that aren't exactly um, pretty or easy or all of that, right? I'm gonna say pretty. I and, almost uh, said it right at the same time you did. Yeah, right. But she asks us to be more than that. She and, does. Um, well, so that even like so the collie wearing like the skulls, right? I think again. Skulls are another, you know, for me, the mala, the skull mala is a reminder that every breath is, you know, should be, um, tomorrow, the next breath is not guaranteed. So uh -huh. in each breath to be present, you know, and to be whole is, you know, really the work because we just take minutes like they're, they're, you know, like they're forever, but they're yes. not. And so that impermanence really is the reminder of the skull. Um, and so I think like, you know, here she shows up with this chain of, you know, skulls basically saying, wake up yeah. now, yeah. not in 10 minutes, not oh in gosh. two minutes. Oh my wake gosh. Wake up now, now. Now. Yeah. The word now is, is so perfect. Um, I, one of the things that I highlighted it's on page 73 for those of you following along, uh, it's where, um, Sophie is talking about this, um, confronting and dismantling of the ego and how Kali is, that's woven into the foundation of what it is that she does in all of her acts. And she says, you came to earth to bring a sacred contribution, to give, radiate, and embody the light. This means that you must rise above fearful and limited thoughts about what you are and what you're capable of. You must restore the holy channels of love that are the circulation system of your divine nature. All goddess consciousness will work on the level of healing your perceived separation from this love. Then it goes on to say, Kali is the goddess who will begin this work in you. Doesn't he do the work? It says, mm. begin, mm. begin the work. 
She uses direct and deep powers of healing to shine a light upon your ego. She is often depicted in imagery and artwork as standing with her foot upon the body of a person who lies defeated on the ground beneath her. This is a symbol of the supreme goddess overflowing the human ego mm. with the power of the divine feminine. Let me read that again, because it's really important when you look at the image that you see that. This is yeah. a symbol of the supreme goddess overthrowing the human ego with the power of the divine feminine. And like when you're when you're talking and you're you're sharing um, all of these things, Molly, that's what I hear over and over again. It's it's bringing this this feminine energy that we have like flowing through our blood and in our bones to the to front and center to deal with the yes. things that we've traditionally dealt with in with the masculine. That's totally it, right? And so like um so oftentimes like again like that body like you know Kali is holding a head, right? Yes. And that head is the head of a demon, right? And you know, I'm reading this book right now. Um, called Feeding Your Demons, which is yes. relevant oh, yeah. Here's because the this is a really beautiful, oh, you're, you're showing me I'm holding the demon head while you're holding the book. <laughs> yeah, right? But what is a really great integration of this book with, with Kali is this idea that your demons are the things that, um, you know, whatever um, inner conflict that you have, you know, and, you know, it's your your fears, your guilt, your shame, your judgment, your whatever, right? Those are your demons. And um, but when you can feed them and transform, transmute, mm. you know, your demon into a daemon, D-A-E-M-O-N, then it becomes your guide. Right. And I think that is what Kali is doing, is she's, you know, cutting the head off of the ego or of you know, slaying your demons. So that it can become your daemon and that you really end up having this or daemon or whatever, if I'm saying it wrong, um, you know, really having these, you know, the things that we have as part of our contract, right, are the exact things that our soul needs for its work, right? Yeah, so, so true. instead of feeling shameful about the things that need um, refinement, Right. Those are the very magnifying glasses and insights into the work. So we just have it backward. Right. You actually sent me something this week that has been in my head um, since you sent it. And that is, you know, we come into this world. We don't seek unconditional love in this lifetime. We had it as soul prior to coming into this material existence. So we have it when we return to source when we leave this material existence unconditional love is is bookended by the experience of of now this yeah. love human is love yes human love right yeah it's imperfect yeah because we're fully human <gasps> right this is so so good oh my gosh well and you know molly what's interesting is i i saw a lot of angst over this last weekend with fourth of july yeah and and that I was I was thinking about that quote that I sent you about unconditional love, and I thought, you know what? It's so sad that there are some people who cannot separate perfection from love. Mm. Like I love this country in its imperfection. I I love it even though there's things we need to work on. I don't have to hate America, 
because mm -hmm. we have work to do to heal our racist background and our foundation. Mm -hmm. Like I can still love and celebrate my country mm -hmm. uh, even though she's got some work to do. And she has work to do, right? I like, mean, of yeah, like she's not perfect. She's still a toddler in, in <laughs> the, the grand scheme of countries, but that there is the, it's a reminder to release this need for perfect, unconditional love in ourselves, in others, in our country, in our employer. Like the imperfection is where this destruction and chaos is. And if we can see the lessons that this archetype, that this, this divine goddess energy um, has been really taught for generations, if we can see it and translate it into where we are now, it all, it all can make sense. We can still love each other and be imperfect. That's it, right? I mean, I just think there's just so much in her that um like i there's this um like i was reading this thing and it says Kali's feminine femininity isn't performative right mm. and like when i hear you talking about like the perfection of 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 things right that's performance like yeah. it has to be this to yeah. be loved right yes and that that's not you know she isn't manageable like some of the other female, you know, um, divinities. She isn't um, manageable. <laughs> can, yeah, you imagine, right? can you imagine trying to manage her? It would be like trying to manage Cersei. <laughs> but she's also, it's just like, she's also not angry. But she yeah. is furious, right? Because yeah. she is There's fury. that word. That's and that she, word. her fury yeah. is the nature, right? That wilderness, yes. you know, that part of us. And we always talk about the rewilding, the W-Y-L-D. ING, not, you know, like wild, like girls gone wild at spring break. Although, I, I mean, I am here, so I could, could totally yeah. pull that up. <laughs> um, that will never happen. Um, but this rewilding, right? Because she is nature and nature is furious and nature is fierce, right? Yeah. And anybody who's lived through a hurricane or a tornado or a flood or a fire or any of the things that are natural right? Know the destruction, mm, the transformational so that yeah. new birth can grow. And that to me is truly the essence. It is where we started at the beginning of the conversation about her, right? So true. So true. Well, and you know, we've seen, so um, in particular in, in the United States, which is the, the country that we live in. And so I know its practices more than any other, um, you know, in the 70s and 80s, I remember when like the forestry, um, the U.S. forestry came up with, like Smokey the Bear. And mm -hmm. it was like, don't start forest fires. And there was this whole like movement about, you know, fearing the forest fire. And mm -hmm. and at all every fire that was that started instead of instead of allowing it to burn naturally and keeping it away, of course, from homes they put everything out immediately. And so mm. the, these last five or six years, we've seen incredibly devastating destruction because man, humans, have tried yeah. to control natural destruction. Yes. And oh, to, yes. to preserve, right? We've, preserve, yeah. we've left, we, it wasn't the intention 
It's kind of like plastic straws. I'm certain the person who created the straw wasn't like, well, let's fill the, the you know, the, the ocean with these little tiny straws. They weren't thinking about that. The people who created the, the disposable diaper weren't like, oh my gosh, let's put them in the landfills. It's going to be amazing. They'll never deteriorate. Right? Piles like, and piles of poo. Right. Like the they weren't thinking ever, this way. Yeah. Decompose. Right. I mean, it, it's not, there was not a mal intent. There wasn't a bad intention behind it. It's simply what occurred. And, and so we can see it in so many aspects of the angst that we have mm -hmm. now between, you know, the, the global warming, the, the, just the horrifying amount of garbage we have on the planet, the destructive fires, like all of these things are because we tried to manage or replace nature with something that wasn't. Yes, which is the reason why Kali is more important than ever is because if her essence is in itself nature, mm -hmm. right, then yeah. we need to be in flow with this essence now more than ever, right? And again, the skulls, it's now, wake up, you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed, you know? And when you were talking about the fires, I keep thinking of, um, you know, Vanessa Brookmark in Napa with all of the fires that she deals with and started to follow them um, and follow what she was dealing with on Facebook. And um, I think she's the one who posted an article about how Napa was pulling in the uh, Native Americans who did the sacred uh, ritual fire burnings. Um, and instead of just, you know, because that had been totally um, like illegal, um, they were pulling them back in and allowing them to do their sacred ceremonies in communion with, in honoring of, you know, in conjunction yep. with, yep. instead of man versus nature, man with nature, right? And honoring right. that connection between. And, right. and that is this moment, right? Yes, so that's so beautiful. And it, and it is the exact reason why I feel like there is so much angst, angst especially in the super conservative uh, Christian religion and the people who cannot see outside of what they've been taught since they were children to see um, really the, the concepts that that Jesus walked the planet with and that mm -hmm. they are so similar to how the Native Americans walked the planet mm -hmm. before we got here, before the white people got here and started, you know, building the buildings and, and you know, taking down the trees to build houses. I mean, they weren't, <laughs> they were, they were managing the forest with their rituals, not cutting them down to build houses. And, and so, you know, this, this revolution that we brought here onto, into the country, it's, we need to swing that pendulum back, right? Like you were saying mm -hmm. earlier, kind of the middle way, right? Mm -hmm. Like what can we, what can we still take with us into this next season? Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've heard it talked about in, in relationship to the pandemic and things opening up, like what do we want to take back with us into our work lives? And, and, you know, how do we want to spend time differently with our families? But I think it's also related to this, these lessons that we've learned through, through Kali wisdom and mm -hmm. this archetype of, um, you know, really, truly figuring out how to work with the energy that it represents. Mm -hmm. um, yes. One of the things, do you remember in the book where she, um, where Sophie kind of lists out all of the shifts that your spiritual life will experience when you open yourself to Kali? 
Um, we'll read it to me. I, okay. I love well, it's really, things. really long. Um, it's like a whole page worth of bullet points. So if you're like, it's page 88 and 89, uh, and a little bit onto 90. Uh, but there were, there were some in here that I think, you know, we've, we've spoken about so many times over the last 18 months in every conversation, like being consistent and continually throughout your spiritual journey that she's there with you. So having, mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with books and voices and people and lessons and and mentors who will cons be consistent and continual in in your walk, you know, on your walk with you. Um, she's an unfailing pillar of strength. She does not allow you to give up on yourself. Mm. She reveals your inner depth and resilience and Amen and hallelujah to that, right? Like, Amen and hallelujah to that, right? Like we have learned how resilient we are in this season, uh, for sure. Um, I love the unveil your deepest purpose and sweep away all that clouds your vision of it. Mm. Like that second Cutting part. Right. Yes, Cutting exactly. Yes. Well, and that she adds that, that it's not only unveiling your purpose, but it's also like sweeping away, slaying anything that clouds your vision, you know, that the self-limiting thoughts. And again, that Kali over and over again talks about that, like shining a light on your truth, being authentically who you are, um, keeping reserves of energy for yourself, mm. right? Not being this, this martyr, the, the Martha to the Mary, mm. right? Like, really um, reminding us. And then uh, the one that I think was maybe the most uncomfortable, which was like, oh my God, it's not work today there, uh, was teaching you how to surrender. I don't, I'm not really good at that yet. Like I haven't learned the art of surrender. Yeah, I'm practicing it right now. So I'm, yeah. I'm full in it. <laughs> well, I'm so glad I you can not, help me. <laughs> I have not mastered the art of surrender, but that is my personal prayer every day. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that we, we can see it when others need it, like they need to surrender. However, it's not a natural state for me. No, I mean, it's, I mean, we think of weakness as like, oh, uncle, you know, throwing the white flag, right? <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. But that's not, that's not what it means in my mind. You know, surrendering is understanding that, you know, that uh, the universal wisdom um, is, is everything, right? Yeah. And that the ego is um, the psyche, the mind really is the limiting factor or the illusion to, to self, right? So and so funny. it's taking that and putting that in the back seat and taking the soul, the self, putting that in the front seat mm. and surrendering to that, you know. To Ooh, that. Put your soul in the front seat and surrender. I like that. Buckle in. Know, buckle, we'll in. buckle in with I our Kali Rudra. I think it's more like a five point harness for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the last thing that I had kind of boxed, highlighted, was um, at the at the towards the end of the chapter on page ninety one, where Sophie writes, um, "It's like after the, after the affirmation, after all the learnings, 
she gives some guidance and she gives guidance with every single one of these archetypes that she walks through. But the feelings one really stood out to me. And it was, this is what she says. She says, only share your feelings and experiences with people who feel emotion, you feel emotionally safe with. Those who you trust not to judge and criticize you or give you prescriptive advice. I was like, that is so good. It, it's right? so good. I, and, and I think on this journey of, of learning about these goddesses and, and learning about the, the, these really archetypes, because I don't know if these people, these like deities actually existed at some point. I mean, because we know how stories happen, right? Yeah. But why not believe that someone like this amazing woman, Kali, walked this planet at some times or thundered in the clouds? Like that doesn't hurt anything. It only like delights and supports and creates a space for you to understand yourself on a deeper level. Yeah, and, I love that. And I mean, yeah. and I think that's really an important point that you're you're saying though, is because I don't have, I've been studying, you know, this for years and I don't have like a true sense of, you know, for me, it's an energetic um, relationship, right? Not necessarily like as a, as a living entity or be, I don't really have any, I don't have, I don't know. Right. Yeah. So I don't think it takes away from anything. It's about the energy and the understanding of yeah. using that energy when needed um, you know, to embody within ourselves. Um, and because most all spiritual teachings are metaphor because it withstands the test of time, you know, yeah. we're storytellers by nature and it's the DNA of being human, right. Is, right. is, is shared experiences through story. And, you know, so who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Right? Carolyn Miss, I think actually said those exact words, who cares? Who cares? We Wait, don't know. You, you don't know. I don't know. And if someone else says they do know, then they're don't trust them because they don't know. They're full of it. They're I mean, it. I think it's it is the you know Jesus was such a beautiful storyteller, and mm -hmm. and I love that. I mean, when I was a kid, I loved the parables, like mm -hmm. all the parables. It was like let's read mm -hmm. the parables again mm -hmm. because there was always the wisdom in and the wit. In a parable, in whether it was uh, an analogy or a metaphor woven into it, it didn't mm -hmm. matter to me. It was mm -hmm. this, you know, you can look at things differently. You can look at the the story of the, um, it, you know, the prodigal son, and you can see that in almost any house, mm. any home, any family has that this prodigal story. Mm. And, and that it helps you realize the, the beauty and the, the, the power that comes from not judging, but mm -hmm. embracing and loving and, um, and moving through instead of getting stuck in mm -hmm. the, the pain pockets. And I think uh, for me, my final thought on Kali is that there's this, there's no shame in being a powerful feminine energy. Mm. And it doesn't have to look like Aphrodite or Venus. Mm. <laughs> like right? it can look like Kali. I love and, that. Yeah, That's can, what I love about it most, right? It just turns everything upside down, what the femininity is. 
-hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. so it's good. the wilderness. It's the wilderness, totally. Oh my mm. gosh, my son is falling off the bed right now. <laughs> he needs oh, his hat. He needs his magical hat. <laughs> oh, he's doing push-ups. <laughs> okay, so are you? Um, are we yes. ready to, to meditate us out? And yes, and let's do a, the... a meditation. Let's meet Kali. Um, all right. So Lizzie, you want to meet Kali? <laughs> this is a, just because of our time together. We don't. Um, these are just little snippets so that you can kind of get the language and the essence of. Um, you know, typically when you, if you're going to actually do this for yourself, like counting down um, from 13, counting down again a second time. Um, but we're just going to kind of do short little introductions, um, you know, so that we can, we can get to know her um, and see, and see her um, in the reels. So, okay. Finding that nice, tall, lifted spine, reaching through the crown, grounding through the root. Slowly begin to bring your awareness to the very tip of your nose, feeling the breath enter the nose, feeling the breath leaving the nose. And as your energy shifts, pulling your awareness into the space between the brows, your mind's eye. And like a, a movie screen, our mental screen here Allowing any thought forms, visions, images, colors, patterns, come and go and release. But before we dip into to Kali, just allow this process to take place. Whatever shows up in the mind screen, name it and release it. And as the mind begins to settle in, bringing that single pointed focus to the space between the brows. Imagine yourself walking down a path. And the path is, is rocky and the path is bumpy. Maybe notice your feet, whether you're wearing shoes or no shoes, and pay attention to the surroundings around you. Up in front of the path is a beautiful, beautiful tree. And notice what the tree looks like in your mind screen. And from the tree emerges a beautiful, fierce wilderness herself, Kali. And notice any attributes that she may have. And if there is a gift that you can offer her, whether a locket of hair or a kiss or 
a secret or whatever, just give her an offering. And then see if she offers anything in return. Share gratitude for her showing up, acknowledging any fear that may have arisen with her presence. You're reminding yourself that that fear is the ego holding on to the status quo. And thank you for her time, for the gift. And then slowly say goodbye and return on the path that you came. Walking and watching your feet, noticing if anything has shifted or changed on the ground beneath in your surroundings. until you return to the place you started. Big collective breath in together. And big collective breath out. So normally these meditations are like an hour, right? That's part of it, you know? Very deep. <laughs> These are snackable sized. These are like, these are like, you're like, do I want more? Do I not want more? I love it. That was beautiful. I love the, um, the imagery and I love, um, I think I sent this to you too, uh, around, um, maybe you sent it to me. Who knows? In, in our Instagrams back and forth are, are part of my favorite parts of the day. Uh, yes. It's like what comes across your path and what comes across mine, but it was this idea of no one will ever see the same thing as you, even if they see the same thing. Yes. And so, like, I was imagining this like gigantic willow tree that mm. had had this whole circle of birches all the way around it, and her mm. like bursting out, like almost like on stage, right? Like whoosh through the willow branches and I'm like I wonder what you saw because wow. I saw a tree <laughs> wow a willow tree is a very emotional tree um you know I I have you know I practiced with a shaman years ago 10-15 years ago so for me I have a very distinct tree that I travel to um and I see I've seen it for the same tree for years so that's my place of of home um yeah, so mine, I just, you know, yeah, it's very, very distinct. But yeah, yeah. it is, um, you know, these little journeys or whatever, little meditations or whatever you want to call them are, you know, what we're really just doing is stirring up what's already inside of us, right? Mm -hmm. Our thought forms, our images, this stuff is coming from inside of us, right? And so we're kind of just kind of dipping in and looking in, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, it. so that's kind of an interesting, you know, when you think about that, like, well, where are the thought patterns forming, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm totally going to go look up willow trees. 
Oh, totally do. Actually, all the trees have different um, associations and attributes. And um, I think it's really cool. You know, one of the I just want to address something that you said about, you know, that, you know, the shared experience and how we really because our lenses are so different, we really don't actually see anything the same. And the first time I truly contemplated that I felt very alone and lonely. That was a very sad thing. And I had experienced it a lot where you know, two people sitting, having the exact same meal, thinking that you're having this beautiful shared experience. But the flavor, I mean, like, we don't really know what something tastes like in someone else's mouth, right? Yeah. yeah. We just assume that it's like us. Yeah. But when you flip that and you really think about it, like, again, my, my first reaction was I was very sad and lonely about that because I'm like, oh, we're, we're alone, you know, like, mm. but now it's really about asking the questions of the other people so that you can discover what the world looks like through their senses. Right. Exactly. And that, that is my nature. So I, I have never felt what you're explaining like there, what you're describing, because I've always loved that I have this really unique individual experience. And I love asking people questions about yeah. what they're experiencing. Right. Like, yeah. What did you see? Tell, you know, tell me more is like one of my, I think that'll probably be, not that I'll have a headstone of any sort, um, but if I did, <laughs> if I were to, it would say, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, like, tell me more. Like, I want to understand because I think at a wee age, I realized that how I thought about things was very different than other people. Mm. And um, I think probably back then I thought I, it was odd. And it probably carried, I carried some shame with that. But now it's like, ta-da! <laughs> like, yeah. bring well, it on. It's bring cool, it. right? Yeah. Yeah, I think where the go-to position is that you're like, oh, this is delicious. <laughs> and you're saying it's delicious that we have this shared experience. But what does your delicious actually feel like? You know, like, yeah. or, in, yeah. you know, I don't know. I just. Is the balsamic what's delicious? Or is it the mushroom that's delicious? Or is it the basil that's delicious? Like, you don't know. And, you don't and, know, but yeah. yeah, but that's it. That I think that's where, like, that's the next level of relationship, right? And curiosity. Yeah. That's where that curiosity comes in, right? Yeah. Where it's like, what does that look and feel like, right? Um. So, I don't know. I, I think so it's, I think it's fabulous. I think you know, like, wrapping it back up to Kali in this idea of, you know, she's been somebody who's been. Um, monsterized monsterized that sounds right i, don't I know, know what you're saying yeah you know demonized maybe is is demonized it, yeah yeah it's yeah. the same as monsterized i think we just don't use monsterized i don't know i kind of love it <laughs> she's been demonized right as, yeah. and, and misunderstood yeah and so now again name her, you know say her name um i think she's a part of that mix of you know, claim it, you know, so claim it now, now, <laughs> Kali style, right? Yeah, because um, it's not guaranteed, right? Yeah, and we're wasting a whole guaranteed. bunch of time. Yeah, so beautiful. Oh my goodness, I've loved this conversation so, so much. And all of the, the all the things that we shared, we'll be sure um, to kind of drop in the notes. I know you, you're going to drop in uh, the Christ consciousness. Yeah, it's definitely, you, I think it's Yogananda. 
Yeah, yeah. It didn't it. pull up when I looked. So yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's not something I got on Amazon. I mean, it was a doozy. I mean, these yeah. are like, this is, it's sacred text, you know? I love that. Um, I'll be sure to drop in to the, um, the Divine Feminine cards for oh, sure. Yes. The Megan's cards, because those have been really, really great. Uh, Megan and has a retreat coming up. Did you see that? I did. Okay. I did. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? Honestly, if it wasn't, I wish it was later in the year. Yeah. I, I can't do another East Coast in August. That weather, I can't do it. <laughs> I mean, especially if we're talking about like the wild goose uh, oh, yes, situation. The, um, like I can't do that like in one. Uh, I, mm, yes. Mm. Yes, you're, you'll have to you wait till you come to stay with me in North Carolina for our Wild Goose Festival. Oh, my God. You just have a messy bun the entire time, and I'm wearing a trouble checker cap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, uh, yes. So, um, <laughs> but she's she's definitely said that she, she'll be hosting more, of course. Yeah. Uh, she's actually on sabbatical, so I think she'll come back. Um, we have 16 days until... Um, Mary Magdalene's feast day. Uh, mm -hmm. For those of you who are raised in the Catholic religion, this feast day was added in the mid 20, like 2016, was it? 2016? Yeah, it it's yeah, really it recent. recent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But this uh, in the Catholic, uh, in Catholicism, they have feast days for their saints. And so Mary Magdalene's was added. It is July 22nd. I yeah. cannot wait. Uh, it is going to be so much fun. I actually saved one of my red eggs oh. that I made at Easter to oh. uh, to bury on her feast day. And so, like, I keep, I'm like, ooh, geez, like, I got to protect that thing because I don't want that thing to break open. <laughs> oh <my laughs> it, it would be like Templeton and Charlotte's Web. Like, oh. Come on. I love that reference. Yes. Come on. Oh, so funny. Anyways, um, so All for those of you book. who are like, I know, me too, me too. Well, Charlotte's Web, Little Women. Yeah, pretty, I, I'm and, with you on that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. But I, yeah. I do. Top 10, for sure. Top for 10 sure. kids yes. book. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for those of you who are going to be celebrating with us, keep that in mind. Start gathering your... Um, all of your trinkets and all of the things that you want for that feast day, because we will Bits definitely be doing some things. Yes. What's that? Bits and bubbles. Bits and bubbles. You know, I love the word bubbles. Uh, <laughs> and she's all about red and roses. So if you just search Mary Magdalene feast day, you will see all of the things. We'll definitely be doing some um, conversations leading up to that. However, next week is the other Mary in the Bible. Mother Mary, Jesus Mama. Mm -hmm. And so we are going to be talking about her next week. Very, very excited about that. That is, she is a, um, you know, probably the first woman in the Bible that was really front and center for most mm -hmm. of us as kids. Mm -hmm. Totally. Was Mary. And so uh, a very, you know, one, that's a unique thing that in so many of our lives uh, we learned about Mary. Um, and so I'm excited to learn about her in a deeper level as grown women. <laughs> so uh, read up on that chapter. That's chapter two in the You Are a Goddess book. And we will see you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you for spilling the tea with Molly and me today. 
It was our heart's desire to provide a lens for focus, a place to uncover the opportunities that abound, and create a moment to embrace grace.